It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. My friends don't like this either. And I remember another celebrity just caught heat for saying this in an interview. But when I was younger... Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? For anyone who's joining, welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I am extremely excited about my next guest. I hope I'm saying your name right. I get names wrong really often on this show, um, but I'm going to go for it. Kiara Chantel. Um, did I get it right? I nailed it. Awesome. Awesome. Next next time, next time I'll get it wrong again. We'll be back to, to being humbled. But um, absolutely really excited about uh, this episode and, and this guest. She is absolutely amazing uh, performer, artist, writer, um, talking about all these different topics in terms of I've seen everything from parenting to dating to society to mindset to, to literally all of it, um, mental health, expression, and just being your authentic self. Um, so I'm really excited because I think you've got a very interesting kind of perspective and I think you found a really cool lane in terms of being able to show not only yourself but discuss interesting topics in an interesting way. So, And obviously the way I found you was through your spoken word poetry as well, which is really, really entertaining and I think kind of lends itself to, to why I wanted to have you on the show. But, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. That That is a beautiful introduction. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, but no, thank you for inviting me onto your show. I am excited. I'm excited to just, you know, build with you. And um, I'm really glad you found uh, that video. I mean, shout out to the internet and to community and to supporters, but we're here. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm ready. Awesome. Well, I think it's interesting because in a in a weird way, I'm sure when you started expressing yourself and you started exploring your art, you probably didn't see where it could go. Like, how does it feel when you now look at it and now see how many people are responding and responding positively and and you're essentially saying a lot of things that people, although maybe haven't expressed, they inherently feel. Like, do you get a perspective on that? Yeah, so it's actually been an overwhelmingly dope feeling uh, recently. So initially, I don't. I started writing very, very young. Um, and, and, I, and I say young, I mean as young as maybe like five, six years old. You know, I was always teacher's pet, always reading and writing, a student in those subjects. So writing was always kind of my thing, exploring writing. And I think once I became familiar with performing and the possibilities of performing, um, that's when I kind of envisioned sharing my work on a bigger scale, on a grander scale. What I didn't realize was the impact of vulnerability. So 
initially, I think it was more so just about me expressing what I couldn't express to those around me, those in my immediate circle or my immediate family, just being able to express that and get that out to get it out into the world and just say, hey, like I do poetry. This is this is my life. These are my experiences. So that's one thing. It's an entirely different thing when people from other states and from other parts of the world are just like, hey, I feel that exact same way. I didn't know how to say it. Um, I didn't know who I could say it to, but I completely resonate and relate. And that is bigger than I could have imagined. That's that's such a, especially for someone who found, I want to say some sort of serenity or relief in writing and, and just being so private to now have that vulnerability be public and then just be received so positively. It's, it's 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 as scary as it is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you said some some interesting things to me, and I definitely understand that as soon as you put like your inner self out there, it's like, will they reject it? Will they accept it? And it it is extremely scary, especially in such a public forum. But what interests me is you said that you didn't feel comfortable you weren't ready to share it with the people in your immediate circle and in in a weird way it's easier to share it with strangers than it is with people that really know you intimately and I think that's from what it sounds like a lot of the audience I know I go through that as well is like it's easier for me to talk to a stranger and talk on this show than it is sometimes talk to my family and my friends about the things that I'm feeling but right why do you think that is? Why do you think that for whatever reason we don't feel comfortable or ready to open up with our close people? You would think it's the opposite. Yeah, so I from experience and just from things that I've heard and read, I I often think that that's a like a trauma kind of based response because at some point in our life we wanted to express or articulate something whether that have been a fear or an ambition, a goal, a secret, anything. Um, At some point in our lives, we wanted to share that with somebody who we thought was safe and that we thought we could trust. And that was, it was rejected. It was denied. And um, I think it then, it it becomes a fear just, you know, of of judgment, of of being secluded for whatever it is that you want to share or... Uh, just kind of expose. Um, I I think I also feel like we generally like in society today, everyone is aspiring to just be like all happy and have their shit together. And like everyone is just, just living life and great and rich and just traveling the world. And um, so in, in one aspect, we already have like a bunch of people who are trying to prove that they're okay and that they're doing great. We already know that that's a thing, that that exists, that front, you know? So that doesn't disappear when we, when we think about the family dynamic or like a generational dynamic. We often come from families that are like traditional or super religious. Uh, We have rules in the house and we don't want to, we don't just, we don't want to disturb that. And it's, it's just, I think it's just a little bit easier to, to be out in the world and you don't have that, 
you you can't really be abandoned by a person that you don't feel owes you anything. You understand? So it's it's a little bit easier in, in sharing that, at least in my reality. Um, I, I couldn't speak for the whole world, but I just know that there there's a lot of pressure and tension that comes with living up to standards, just, just trying to prove, you know, my, my family is good. You know, we, we don't complain. We're not weak. We don't have secrets where everything is fine. And the reality is that nine times out of 10, that's not the case. Um, but we just, who do we have to talk about it to, uh, who do we have to talk about it to other than the strangers? So yeah, that's, that's my take on that. It's an interesting kind of dynamic where a family in a way acts like a society in the sense that we have our own identity as to what we as our family name stand for and represent and then anything outside of that is seen as not correct or something we push to the side it's right i never really thought about that before until like literally this moment that that can be the case that that even at a really small insular level insular level every family has its own identity and its own essentially brand as fucked as it sounds that it wants to put out to the world and represent not only like to the bigger world but also to their social circles so you probably mm-hmm. have hit the nail on the head in terms of what it is trying to do but when your family found out and started listening, I'm sure they've seen what you do by now. I hope so. Um, yeah. Was it? Were they surprised by the things you were expressing? Uh, ooh, okay. So my family does indeed. Um, they they do follow. They do know that I do poetry. Um, I've been doing it for quite some time, so my my family is very well aware. However, I don't think. Um, I don't think they've been in the position to be able to receive exactly what it is that I'm saying and um, or just like the time or, or just the time to really dive into to the things that I'm saying. And we we don't necessarily have conversations about these pieces. So, um, yeah, there's there's really no comment. I think I think when it comes to my poetry career. My family is just excited that I'm being able to to share what I've been doing for so long. But in terms of the vulnerability aspect of it, the, the things that I'm actually saying, I'm not sure anyone really quite understands or gets it. In fact, I've never had a conversation with anyone in my family about any of my pieces. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it's it's interesting. I think I think it's especially recently as a re- especially when like covid hit i think everybody in the world just kind of went into every man for himself kind of vibe and uh, you know and and capitalism is a bitch it's a real thing i think a lot of people went into more of a survival mode um so i think it just became more about people and what they're doing and less about others so i kind of it just I, I left my job. I left corporate America about three years ago, and I've been doing this full time since. And um, I think since then I've gotten more vulnerable in my work. And it just so happens, a, a coincidence, I guess, that 
at that same time, my family has become less involved. And it's not intentional. I absolutely know that it's not intentional. It just so happened to work that way. So I wonder, I wonder if we really sat down or if they sat down today um, and listened to those heavier, deeper pieces, what they would think, but it wouldn't, it would be a lot more thinking than conversing about it anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that now you are able to draw parallels between moments in your life and relationships in your life as well. I think that often happens that when you're when you're finding your own path inherently there is distance between the old parts of you because they're represented in others as well and they yeah. don't even know. And so as you said it may not even be conscious. It may just be subconscious but i would be interested in like even just a part of me is is really interested in humans and who we are and the stories we have and and we're so complicated yet so simple all at the same time we all have this link no matter which background we come from no matter there's always something that i feel like every person if they just sat in a room one-on-one you could find a commonality in there and I, and I wonder if they listened to your poetry and then you spoke, I wonder what the emotional place of not only where you would be if you could see them listen to it, but then also if you could talk yeah. about it afterwards. I wonder what that would do to not only your own growth but also to theirs and their understanding of you. Like, I, I don't know, I think there's huge opportunity and obviously where I'm I'm living in this fantasy world where like you all of a sudden are like, hey, let's sit together and, and do this. But there is definitely something there of it would intrigue me a lot to, to know what would happen in a s- scenario like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've thought about that too. But just like you said, I think I've also I've also lived in a fantasy world of wanting things to just turn out in my favor especially when you when you really love someone and you crave that that reciprocal validation that that energy um i think just just being let down is a lot harder it just it feels a lot heavier so especially when you've done it especially when you you know they say like what is that quote that like, in, insanity if you you keep doing things over and over expecting different results like that's the definition of insanity so i refuse to allow my desire to keep someone in my life to also keep me insane um and it, it there just there just comes a point where you know you have to you have to show better than you can tell. So in in my instance, let's let's say, who would I be to come back to my family, right? And and share these pieces and how I feel and and how we can move forward. Um, if I have yet to kind of display that in my own life. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but it's just I, so, so my idea with it all, pretty much the conclusion of it all is just that if I can focus on what Sierra enjoys, who Sierra is, find out who Sierra is, um, and just keep moving forward and, and learn how to interact with grace, then at some point, 
And at some point, I think that if it's supposed to happen, <laughs> it will. But I am I am a very self-first kind of individual at this point in my life. And yeah, I don't think I don't think I kind of dwell or or I don't even want to use the word dwell or even just kind of sit in that. Oh, like, I wonder what if like I've, I've done that to myself since I was a kid and not to even be all heavy. Like, it's not even the end of the world. The reality is, is that, you know, you you grow up craving the the validation, the love. And then it, it when it when it comes from your immediate family or your parents or whomever. When it again, when it's shot down, it's just like there's only so much I can do. I, I can't spend the rest of my life doing this, you know. I gotta, I got I could use all of this on me and what I love and the things I enjoy and and the people that want to be around and the people that want to understand and the people who are like minded. So maybe one day, but in the in the meantime, it's not you know. And and again, it's not like there's hostility or 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 beef or any malicious intent between anyone it's just the reality is just you know we there are different belief systems uh different ways in which we address situations different ways in which we communicate and that is okay i think that is absolutely okay i'm okay with that well that's good at least that's good i like as you were speaking i was and you were, were talking about your own standards and where you want to get you know, Sierra in her, in her own life of, of like, this is where I need to be before I can get others back in. And it's interesting because I think this is common and I do it to myself as well, is we set impossible standards of almost perfection and to be like, and the reality is we will never reach the level we want to because the nature of someone who wants to self-improve is the fact that no matter how much you improve, you will never be satisfied with how far yeah. it's always the next level. And mm-hmm. I've had this conversation with my friends and, and I've thought about this a lot. It is difficult. And I think something I realized in my life is that I will never be perfect in the image that I want to be. I will always strive for, for what the ultimate perfection is. I never really know. It's always changing. But then the people mm-hmm. in my life it's almost not fair for me to hold them to the same standard that I hold myself because I'm overly harsh. But acknowledging their flaws has helped me become a better person in the relationship. I I, I had a difficult relationship with my father for a while and I started seeing a lot of flaws in him and I was like, why are you flawed? That was the, the thing that was going in my head. Why are you flawed like this? And the challenge for me was to go, hey, you're still my father. You have these flaws, but you are still an important part in my life. And I can choose to either have you or have or not have you, but the choice of having you around and accepting your flaws and accepting that you are as fallible as anyone else is important. Because I never had that problem with my mum. I was was, like, I don't. She has flaws for sure, but I never had to go through the same thing. I've always been like very close with her. So it's it's an interesting dynamic and it allowed for my own self-peace. That's what mm-hmm. it was. It was like letting myself off the hook to not be as judgmental on others because I'm already doing that internally instead of just like, because I would cut off a, like realistically, if you held everyone to the same standard as you, 
no one would measure up because you don't even measure up to your own standards. This is very, this is very true. This is, that's facts. That's facts. And I also think that it's, you touched on like it being really important, you know, um, just understanding that, you know, your parents could make mistakes too, and you could either accept them or not accept them. I think it's also just to add to that. I think it's important that we understand even me, especially like just the journey I've been on. It's that um, our parents are often a reflection of their parents too. So a lot of what they can and cannot give us are often, you know, what their parents did and did not give them. So being able to look at it from that perspective also, it's just like some parents are literally doing the best that they absolutely um, can do, you know? But, you know, again, you, you have to put yourself first, even if that entails having your parents in your life, if that's the best thing for you. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. I'm glad you're, you're your dad or I'm glad everything is cool. Everything is. Yeah. I'm glad ground. too. I'm, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a weird period. Like we, me and my brothers weren't speaking to him and it was just like a whole, a whole thing. But there was, there was a period and, and it was, I realized I was hurting myself by harboring onto resentment and holding onto resentment. And that when I thought of him, I felt negative emotions and I didn't want that. And I was just like, you know what? It's time. Me and my brothers, we did it in separate times. I think my youngest brother was the fastest to to realize that. And, and I was in the middle. But I think it was just like this. Sometimes you have to forgive in order to free yourself. Yeah. Sometimes. That's just <laughs> what I found. <laughs> I think that's an interesting, I think that's such an interesting concept of having to like, so do you, do you think you have to forgive, you have to forgive the other, is it the other person you're forgiving or is it yourself that you're forgiving in order to be free? It's, it's a little bit of both. It's, I think forgive, but don't forget. It's like, I still remember, but it is, there is something where I'm not going to allow that to it's like drinking from the poison chalice. Like if you keep drinking the poison, you're only feeding that in your own mind and it only yeah. creates negativity in your own mind. And there will be negativity in life, but you can still redefine a relationship. And that's what mm-hmm. we have now. So it's not like we went back to what it was before, but we still are at a better place where I don't feel angry, annoyed whenever I speak to him or whenever we even talk about it. And so the freedom is in the sense that I've gone through the journey of feeling all that shit and I don't want to feel it again. But we now have a redefined relationship that I am happy with or okay with as opposed to the relationship which we had, which was not good. That's That was the middle ground. And I think it's giving, I don't know, I think it's giving yourself permission, again, putting yourself first to be like, this is also what I need even if mm-hmm. it looks quote unquote weak, like forgiveness yeah. is associated with weakness, but I don't think that's the case. I think if you really looked at it, if you can honestly forgive, and I think there is power and strength to that because it shows strength yeah. of character. I like that. I like that. Okay. I agree. 
I feel schooled. <laughs> Literally, I don't know how I say half the shit that I say. It comes out of my mouth. As I said, none of this is is planned, but I think but I think you're like each of us go on our own journey and, and that's what I like about your work is that it's open and honest. And speaking of work, I mean, you've got one of your art pieces behind you. Um, so, Yeah, I actually, one of my roommates had actually gotten it. So, yeah, and besides, this is the, the lightest area I could get at the moment. So <laughs> it just so happened to be right next to one of my art pieces, which I was actually thinking the other day. This is actually my most original piece that I've ever done, ever. I mean, it can't be that original because I I painted someone else's character. But in terms of the idea, uh, yeah, and I know that was random, but it was just a fun fact. What made you think it was original? Like, what, was it a feeling? Um, I, so, yeah, I remember, so there's this place. Have you ever been to Philly? No. No, never. Okay. There's this place in Philly. It's called Graffiti Pier Park. And it's pretty much just like, imagine, imagine about three buildings, but they're demolished. And these amazing graffiti artists just came in and just did their work over every single inch of cement. That's what Graffiti Pier is. And I'm not sure if, I'm not sure how the idea came to light. I think it was right, I don't, it might have been right before the Sonic movie came out. I'm not sure, but I remember just laying down and it just would have, it was just, I remember thinking in my head, it would be really cool if like Sonic could just like come through one of his rings and just like jump out into Graffiti Pier Park. Like, I wonder what that would look like. And it kept popping in my head for a long time. And then finally I just painted it and I think it was gone the same day. Like I think I finished it and posted it and that day it was gone. To be honest, yeah. it looks really good. Thanks. Like it. Thanks. Like it, it reminds me of we've got a lane in Melbourne. Um, it's called Hosier Lane, and it's got just graffiti mm-hmm. art. And so the government, I, I'm not a huge. I don't love a lot of the stuff that our government does, but I tell you what, I am a fan of paying artists to the graffiti artists to like add color and flavor and and they have lots of cool pieces of art. It always gets changed. Um, it's one of like the cool streets in like little laneways in Melbourne. Um, if you're ever down, um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's weird. I feel like graffiti in itself is like a, a weird kind of. Some people hate it. Some people like it. But I think if it was channeled the right way, it'd be like it. Just the artistry there is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree with you. And the the ability to I don't think people realize how great graffiti artists are. Like that ability to just be so detailed and just so great with the line work and everything. It just on such a huge space, dude. I don't. I. 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 I got to come to Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also cool. it's also spray cans, so it's not like they have like. It's not like they're using fine lines. That's the crazy part to me is like they're they're literally spraying it onto the canvas live. Yeah. Yeah. And the the spray could get anywhere. 
that's my thing. It could get anywhere, but they know exactly where to put it. And that's what I love about it. It just, yeah, I don't, that's, that's a mess back there. I don't, maybe if an actual graffiti artist saw it, they would be like, what the hell is that Sierra? But it's, it's the closest thing I could get. Yeah. I was speaking to a, a, a rapper. He was saying that he was, he was doing his own art and he was painting and something that I never realized and something that, that he taught me about was like the key to art is to sh- paint or to draw what you're feeling. And so that's what I never got. I was horrible at art at school. Like I just always thought like okay. I had an image in my mind of this is what I want and I could never replicate it. Um, but now that he said that to me, my perspective on art is different. So as much yeah. as your art may not look like graffiti, it's mm-hmm. still perfect because it's a feeling. And so I think that changed that that honestly changed everything for me. It's like uh, I'm just yeah. yeah. So now I can go into a, an art gallery and be like, it's not perfect, but it's okay. Because I used to be like, mm, not <laughs> impressed. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no no. I get that. I get that. I feel like I'm I'm still like that today with with a bunch of art. So I get Yeah. It's weird how, you know, as much as we create, we're also critical of of artists as well. Um Yeah. I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier though, about like your your self critical, how that goes into play with criticizing others and just you know, we want to be perfect so badly ourselves that we look at something else where we're like oh yuck that's not perfect why would you put that out why would you create that that's not perfect and she's like shut the fuck up like who are we you know like there is literally art for every crowd it's crazy it's crazy it's also really good i'm glad that there's art for every crowd because like if it was all the same how boring would life be it would be so boring have you seen like what are those movies? I mean, I gotta think of like one. Okay, have you watched SpongeBob? Yeah. Okay, do you remember the episode where Squidward Squidward moves into um like the real fancy neighborhood and like all the houses are the same and all the, the squids are riding bikes at the same time and they all do clarinet lessons at the same time and they all like that's what I that's what I feel like the not that the world is becoming. I'm sure the world has always been that way, but um, yeah, that, that's what I'm scared of. That's what I fear. Just that everybody kind of doing the same thing, but it's it's not the artist's fault. It's these it's these platforms. It's these expectations. It's the algorithms. It's the the disrespect to authenticity. But um. Yeah, I that's it's it's a little scary. But like we said, there's there's art for everybody. There's been plenty of times I've seen some really wacky shit while I was out. And you can't really do anything but appreciate the fact that there are so many other people in the world who love this. Like even if you don't, and that's what makes it that's what makes it so cool. So I'm with you. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I love that. They're like, hey, that is wacky. That is some wacky shit. But I love it at the same time. That is such a funny experience to go through. Like, that's really weird, but it's good weird. And as much as I may not love it, I know that other people love it. But 
I, it's it's interesting the the way you describe like creativity in the sense of like that that neighborhood in SpongeBob of like it's the same everyone does the same thing everyone lives the same life it is just super boring and super manufactured and I think in in a certain sense music is there at the moment in that world of like mainstream music is in this like weird kind of formulaic model of like and movies as well I've I thought about like I've been speaking about movies a lot is like all these blockbuster movies you can see the story there is no change in any story it is generic you can see the the classic kind of hero story archetype and then relationship arc and literally small challenge funny quote-unquote funny quips and then make a billion dollars at the box office because it hits a mass market and it's just like oh we've we've diluted this so much that we're almost just do ourselves a discredit by not creating or holding ourselves to a better standard in terms of the art we create like i'd rather see wacky shit than i would the same thing all the time at this point yeah agreed a hundred percent agreed um yeah i don't even i don't even think i have like a response to that it's so uh but like i but like like we were just saying it's not it's 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 you you go on social media and the world is saying you know authenticity sucks and you know you have to and it's it's unfortunate because so many creatives lose their spark thinking that their work isn't sufficient just because it's not mainstream popular or just because you know so like even when tiktok came out i remember when tiktok came out and you know, you, it was like all the dances and all the songs and stuff. And then you had people who were, and don't get me wrong, it's fine. People can do them. But you had people who were into like real estate and people who were into just HVAC who were doing TikTok dance videos in order to increase their engagement. Um, And then I remember at some point seeing people start to complain about that, you know, like, oh, I don't want to have to dance in order to gain more followers, or I don't ha- want to have to act a fool or, you know, get out of my car while it's still running and dance to Drake just so that I can. And um, I feel like a lot of creators, unfortunately, lose their way like that. They lose their way um, because what ends up happening is now you, now let's say you do get all that engagement and all those followers and all of your wishes come true. Now you have all these people who are here for a person that doesn't exist. That's not naturally you, you know, you're, you're not naturally a person who wakes up in the morning and goes to their real estate job and wants to do TikTok. Like that's just not. So I think, I think I I also do think that all like the, the whole underground scene, Obviously, I you know, I think it's a lot more beautiful than what mainstream portrays. But I, I do think that the the independent artists, the underground artists, the creatives, the the producers, uh the cinematographers, so forth, I think I think they're all gonna have their time. I think at some point I, I think people are starting to realize that the robots and the kind of 
you know, that, that whole thing that everybody's trying to be that whole front. I think that slowly, but shortly people are just trying to, that are starting to realize that it is indeed a front. And then hopefully then people just feel more comfortable being themselves. You know, everybody wants to be a celebrity today. So they, they are thus living life as one instead of just being whoever their little kid or their little heart desires. So, And it's, yeah. what's interesting, it's celebrity for celebrity's sake. Like, it's not like uh, I want to be a celebrity based on value that I add or like how many people yeah. I help. I don't want to be known for that. I just want to be famous. And the like TikToker influencer and like, don't get me wrong, we are both of us on TikTok both of us on Instagram and both of us yeah. doing those things. But I definitely I can, in conversations I have, with, just with normal people who are like, man, it would be so good to just be like paid to just take photos of myself and do nothing and like just wear brands and go on holidays. And it's like, yeah, but what do you give back? Like I, that's always wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what are you producing back? What are you actually giving of value? What are you contributing? What are you with what? And and even then, you don't have to be this righteous kind of God who comes in and saves the world because you're just better than other people. But the the at the end of the day, yeah, what are you? What are you giving back? You're taking, yes, but what are you giving? So I get it. Ah, oh, the the internet is a scary place. And and like you said, we, you know, you and I are both on there. We're on these platforms. Um, but but again, I think it's it's how you use these platforms that that really matters. Um, just making sure that you're utilizing them in just the right capacity is all. So, you know, they can they can be fun, they can be fun spaces, they can be inspirational, motivational spaces, obviously you know, but it can also just take away from your creativity. So Mm. my motto is no social media unless necessary. And recently it's, it's been a little necessary, a lot, a lot more necessary. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think, especially for mental health purposes, which is, which is the base, the core of what I do, what I like, I just mental health, is just so important and we we see the articles we see it every day we do it to ourselves the comparisons the as soon as we're waking up in the morning the first thing we're doing is either looking at someone else's life or sharing our life and it's just like why why do we feel that urge why do we feel that need why do we um so that's you know what's interesting <laughs> is i my i because i I'm corporate. I've I've definitely worked corporate as well. And my career is, has been in sales. And something you learn in sales is negativity sells more than positivity. Like 2X, two times more. You will get the fear of missing out is more powerful than the joy of getting something. So that's why sales work because it's the fear of missing out. And that's why articles have more engagement when it's negative and negative comments on Instagram, on TikTok have more engagement than positive comments because 
we as humans are drawn to negativity more. So it's really interesting, but we inherently as a species are obsessed with negativity. And I don't know why I have absolutely, I would love for it to be more positive, but you know, (laughs) they, people have just figured out that negativity sells. And so Mm. when people post hateful comments, it's like, this is annoying, but it's also great because I know I'm going to get responses and it's going to feed the machine that is X, Y, Z. So that's why you see controversial figures blow up because... This is very true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's on all sides. The controversy equals attention. Attention means you're talking about and then you you just become polarizing. I think that's the phenomenon we see with literally all the big influences right now. They just have opinions that polarize, that have, make people argue, and then it creates engagement, and then people keep yeah. talking about it and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't think I realized or really thought too much into the whole how, like, negativity sells. But, I, I mean, I suppose it – I suppose that makes a lot of sense. I just – I don't think I've ever really fed into the whole um, – I mean, I myself am not a person who kind of like just follows celebrities or just like the, the, the people who blow up and stuff like that. Um, just because, it, you, you ha- again, you have to be just like really mindful of like what you see and just what you follow. And my thing is just like, um, you know, it, it even somebody being controversial, that's subjective. Like, you know, it, it everything in this world is. So it's. I don't know. That's a that's a that's a kind of soft topic for me there because yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a nice reality, and it's like yeah. it's yeah. But like, just because I know I used to I used to sell that way. I literally used to make sales. I used to work uh, as a salesperson for a bank. I used to sell credit cards and personal loans, all you know, all these sexy, cool products. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but you realize the the fear of missing out is a powerful motivator of like, don't miss out on even if it's a positive thing that you want. It's the fear of yeah. missing out on this positive thing that will ultimately get the deal across the line. And and I didn't know it at the time. I know it now. But it's like just this weird kind, and and that's why social media, I think, to your point, is really dangerous and and but also useful because, like in China, because TikTok is now owned by China, essentially, it's a, now a Chinese company. But apparently, the algorithm in China is to promote education and good things. Right. Whereas right. here, it's like promoting you know, thirst traps and, you know, fighting and, like, weird opinions and, like, divisive things, things that distract us. That's almost what it feels like. And I'm definitely, I fall into the trap. But, yeah, I've had friends go to China and, like, TikTok here is way different, man, like, way different. Yeah, yeah, And I, I think, I mean, I guess, I guess dangerous could be used too. But I think distracting, I think social media being a distraction is a much better or like clearer term as you put it um but yeah i mean yeah it's 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 not completely bad and in terms of like the the fear of missing out man dude i i couldn't even i feel like i have so much 
um, anxiety that I deal with on my own and just in my own bubble of life that there's not, I don't think I allow too much of like the external, um, like I, I have too much of a fear of missing out on my own things in life that I don't even, like I, it, it's very rarely that I have a fear of miss. If anything, I'm just like, oh, I didn't get an invite, bet. Like I can lay up and be comfortable or like, oh, what? Or, you know, oh, I don't have to buy this thing that's on sale. I didn't have the money anyway. You know, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah. The, the, You've got the I opposite. You've got I, the joy of missing out. Dude, I'm telling you, I just, it's, as a, as a kid, I spent a lot of time in seclusion, not on purpose. And as I've grown older, it just, I find so much joy in it. I find so much creativity, so much comfort. Um, but yeah, I, I really experienced that, that fear of missing out thing just because, I mean, there's a bunch of factors we, we won't get into, but uh, yeah, I, it, it is a complete opposite for me. I love, I think, so for me, I think that I, I work hard and, you know, some people like work hard, play hard. But my play hard is like rest super fucking hard. Like it's just like work and then chill the hell out. And then maybe there's there's some play in there. Absolutely. Sometimes. But I think I definitely work and rest more than I play. <laughs> hey, you found the rhythm that works for you. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's giving grandma vibes, but it works for me. That Grandma vibes are good vibes at times. To be honest, when I see people like, <laughs> like you know, on when I see people on dating apps, I'm like, and they're like, sesh on the weekend everywhere. And I'm like, no, nope, can't. I can't. Like literally don't have the energy or the desire. So someone who's like chill on a Sunday, I'm like, hell yes. Chill on a Sunday sounds awesome to me. But recovering yeah. from a hangover from Saturday night sounds horrendous. So, like, I definitely feel you when it comes to, like, a little bit of quiet is good. Going for a walk by yourself is pleasant. I don't need to be surrounded it's by like, people all the time, even though I am naturally, I think, extroverted. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel that. Um, and people, people can be good sometimes, you know, people are fun. People, well, I want to say sometimes, I think this goes <laughs> back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of like the interpersonal relationships, in terms of like the stranger relationships. It's like, like that I, I literally apply that with what we're talking about now too. So it's just like, I like, oh, like my friends, uh, you know, my family want to see me. Uh, I don't know guys. I don't know. But you know, if there's an event happening or if there's where I can, if I can go somewhere where I'm meeting strangers or connecting with strangers or something that entails not that immediate kind of surrounding, then I'm, I'm usually so excited and all for it. But other than that, yeah, I just, I love, I love the space. I love the space to just think and create and do whatever it is that I have to do. Um, yeah. And then connect with strangers outside of that that sounds so creepy <laughs> no i get it i get it there's something about familiarity the lack of familiarity there's something good about it 
It's like, I don't know you well enough yet to really see you for who you are. And then everyone else, I'm like, I see you, you know me. It's like, we're so familiar. I need someone who doesn't know me for a bit. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I still feel like I'm learning. I still feel like I'm learning to accept people as they come. You know, I think, and this goes back to like us being self-critical. I think, you know, I, I meet people and the stranger connection is just brilliant. It's great. It's so amazing. We're sharing life experiences and we're spontaneously going to get ice cream or whatever the case is. And then it's like, once a person tries, tries, but once that kind of like line gets crossed or that, you know, like, Oh, well, let's be friends or like, let's just know. It's just like, Oh, it gets, it gets really weird for me. I, I feel like I always have a list of reasons not to connect with someone on that level or, or, you know, so I'm still learning that, you know, once you really get to know people that they too are just not perfect. Like we are not. I wonder if it's, re- it's a reflection of you more than it is them. Oh, I, I didn't think so. I would say initially I never thought about it and didn't think so, but I, I'd like to think I I do a lot of like self-reflection um, and, it, and it probably is, but I, I also think it's, I think it's also, I think it's, it's most of us. I think the idea of like a person judging, criticizing or not wanting to be around another person, like that is something that is taught. You are taught to feel that way about, you know, so I think I think in most cases it is about ourselves and how we look at ourselves and, and wanting to be, you know, as opposed to the other person, because it, it, the reality of it is at the end of the day, like literally every person is perfect for themselves. You know, mm-hmm. like that is that is who we need to be in this lifetime. And who am I to think or judge or, or and anything otherwise? So we're all just, we're all just, you know, evolving every day, every single day. So no judgment. No, no judgment. Um, I'm aware this become became a very deep discussion out of out of nowhere, and definitely not something I ever intended. But something I wanted to ask you about was your transition from you know a corporate career or a, a career outside of artistry, and then moving into full time art what that was like, what prompted that decision and, you know, what the, what the period in between of like literally moving from one career to another career was like. So writing has always been something I've done. So whether I, you know, so before the performances, before anything, it was just something I've always loved to do generally. Um, so I would I would personally like to think that it was my career before anything else was. Um, it is what when I it was what I wanted to do as a child. So I ended up in corporate America after going to to college for some time, and it was it was pretty cool. I was like um, an office assistant. And one of like the biggest organizations in my city. And I met a lot of cool people. I got to work with some kids. I learned a lot of just office aspects, technology aspects and things like that. 
the issue was just that that whole you're you're waking up going into this place for several hours a day making someone else's dream come true and then by the time you commute home you have to shower and you have to you know get your things together for the next day you have to do dinner you have to be a partner you have to be a a, a parent you have to be a friend you have to use whatever time you have to immerse yourself in your side projects or your side hustles or your actual passions. And then you have to make sure you're getting the right amount of sleep or you're going to be burned out within a couple of days. And it just was like, I was doing that for so long, just day in and day out. And it, and it wasn't, it wasn't so much like a horrible thing. Like, Oh, this is the worst thing in the world. Like I hate it. Like it just, it just didn't suit me. I think that I think during the day while I was sitting in the office, I just had so many ideas, so many things I was thinking about doing when I, by the time I got off of work, but by the time I got home, I had no energy or I just was so frustrated because of the things that was happening in my job. And, um, and, and when you're in a, like a survival mode, when you're in a, you know, I, I hate this place, but I need this money to make these bills so that I eventually I can do that. Like, it just, it was just so tiring. It was really, really exhausting. And um, I was actually in corporate America for, I was actually in corporate for about five years. I was there for five years. And yeah, finally at the end, it, I didn't leave until it really started affecting my mental health. Like, I mean, like I was having the worst dreams. I wasn't sleeping. My anxiety was through the roof. I felt like I was walking on eggshells. Uh, it just was like a, just a super chaotic situation for my nervous system all around. And uh, I remember I just there was a passing in my family that kind of really opened me up to life, like what it means to be alive and to, to take advantage. And um, at the time, I just I didn't have any responsibility tying me down where I felt like I had to keep that that position where I had to just stay in that space. It was just like, okay, it's been five years. It's, I've been kind of just on the same role. It's time to, it, I have to shake things up. Like I have to do something differently. So initially I went, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like an impulsive person sometimes. <laughs> so I initially wanted to just pick up and leave. But I remember I, I vividly like remember making a plan, like a financial plan. Like this is how much I'm going to have to save up if I want to leave. And I had these amount of months to like, like, I, like this is my safety month or two. And then I have to get to work. Like I just had it all planned out. Um, so I ended up, I ended up leaving corporate and it was, it was going very well. I think until maybe about eight, nine months later, it hit me that the the fluctuation of income was like an actual thing. And although I felt really safe in that situation, although I felt safe in like my planning, it just got, it got a little scary. It got a little weird. Um, I remember there being a point where it was just like, oh, I got did the wrong thing. Like I shouldn't have left corporate. Um, like I wasn't getting any, as, as many shows as I thought I wasn't getting as many clients. Um, and in hindsight now, I also wasn't 
I don't think I was doing as much work as I could have been doing, but um, yeah. And I remember I just calling people, I would, I would call, I was calling like former coworkers and I was just like, Hey, like, how's the job going? Like, is it any better? Like, is it, should I come back? Like, did I, did I make a mistake in leaving? And they're like, no, like, you know, just keep, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. And there were just certain things that were lining up outside of that, that kind of made me feel safe in, in the decision I made. So, um, you know, I, I left, I had a rough couple of months and then there was just a lot of personal life thing, things going on. I went ahead and built the website, my website, and it kind of just has been a persistent road since just, I think I was, I was doing everything I was doing before corporate. I just think that this time around, it almost felt like I had nothing to lose. Like it just, it almost felt like I had no other choice. And to be completely honest, I know this might sound cheesy, but in the same year that I left corporate, our, our family dog had puppies and I am a huge animal advocate. So I, I love them more than I probably love humans, probably, or it's probably like on the same level, but I just, I love animals. I love dogs. And, um, it just was, it was for me, it came like, oh no, like, I'm, you know, like some people, they're kind of like just going through life and then they have a child and they're like, oh no, I need to get my, my shit together. And I need to, like, I kind of did that before the dogs. And I was just like, you know, like, no, we're going to have this guys and we're not going to have to worry about, you know? So, um, it, it just, it was a, just a multitude of things that happened and yeah, it's, it's been really great. I ever, since I've left, I think I've accomplished a lot more than I thought I would have. Like I had a list set out of things that I wanted to do and I maybe didn't accomplish all of those things, but I there's like a, a list of 20 other things that happened and I just, that I couldn't even fathom, that I couldn't even imagine for myself. So that was great, you know, even being able to raise the puppies, being able to travel to Austin or to New York, um, you know, when I need to. So, and just, Outside of even all of that, just I feel like I finally have been able to start finding my own community, like my own tribe. I spent so much time in this, in this, in this box, in this office, in this building that I never, I never, I went straight from high school to college to corporate. So you know, I I, I was once somebody's child, and I was someone's student, and then I was off, you know, into the college world yet you know still being a student and then I came back and I was someone's employee and it was just like at no point was I Sarah was at no point was I I didn't know who that was and it didn't feel heavy at the time I you know I just was out here winging it but uh that that was the goal that was that I that was the goal just I knew that I had me in in my writing and my ambition and that's that's it (laughs) Well, I'm very glad that you chose not to because not to continue with your your corporate life because you we are definitely more we benefit a lot from having you realize your potential and realize your creativity. I think a lot of people are already saying that. So that is very much true. And that imagery of not being your own is this really powerful imagery. 
of like mm. I'm someone's child, I'm someone's student, I'm someone else's the whole way through. And yeah. I think a lot of people feel that. I think, you know, even everyone feels that, I think. Everyone goes to yeah. work and goes, literally, I don't know anyone, even if you own the business, even if you're the CEO of this massive company, I think that they also feel, speaking of, of animals and dogs, um, so cute. They literally walked in. You know? yeah. <laughs> they Thanks. heard you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I think everyone feels that way. I think literally yeah. everyone's like, <sighs> back. I'm back. My holidays are over and they mm-hmm. don't, they're not in control. And I rem- I know the feeling of like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this admin? Mm-hmm. Like why? I mean, I still have a full-time job as I do this. And there are moments during the day where I'm like, what is the point? <laughs> like literally what <laughs> is the point of this? I don't understand what yeah. I'm doing. And like, I'm just like doing the stuff. And it's just like, but I think that's why we see so many people doing their side hustles. I think that's why it's, I think everyone has a side hustle. And if they don't, they definitely should because they're trying to find their own independence and their own version of what life should be. I think it's an interesting time Mm -hmm. for us in general as a society. Yeah. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and I, I agree that I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people feel that way. And that's, that's why I feel like just authenticity and self-express, like just, just, just being fucking truthful is just so important these days. Um, because I just, I feel like we just look at other people and think, I mean, we see it in movies, we see it everywhere. Everybody has it to get, and it's just like, no, some people wake up and they're like, fuck, like I got to. I got to entertain my spouse and then I got to kids and then I got to deal with my boss and I got to come back home and then deal with my side hustle. Even, you know, whatever it is, it's just, it's a constant, I'm just scattered everywhere else. And I think it's, uh, I don't want to say, I think it's unfortunate because I don't think even, even today, like, I don't think I have all the resources to be my complete authentic self. And, um, especially certain communities, certain races, certain cities, you know, it all comes down to something, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know, dude. It's a, it's a, that's another soft, another soft one. (laughs) Well, I think all you can do is lead by example and do what's right for you. And I know that every day that people like yourself take the risk and mm-hmm. bet on themselves and are like, you know what, I want to do this and they go and you go out and you go through all the ups and downs and you go through the roller coaster and you go through that period of like, will I, won't I, regret, you know, the, all of those things, that is part of the journey. It inspires a lot of people. And so I can only, I'm only thankful for the people that I get to speak to on a regular basis because literally Mm. to take the risk of being an artist full-time, whatever it looks like, is a huge risk, but it's an important one that a lot of people really benefit from. So 
it's it's difficult to look outside yourself in that sense. You you're you're like looking at yourself all the time. But I legitimately believe yeah. that. And so, if you ever have doubt or anyone has doubt about their own artistry or their own creativity, remember that it is important for the people that consume it and are exposed to it and it may help them realize their own potential as well so um yeah i'm only thankful and i'm glad that you you are doing what you're doing and you did what you did as much as it may not feel that way at times um because yeah as we said at the beginning of the show the amount of people that are resonating with the things that you do is amazing to see and it just shows that those emotions and feelings you are having, you're not alone with them. Yes. And that's, and that's been my, well, first of all, thank you for that kindness. I really, really do appreciate that, that sentiment. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, that's, that's what's been just the, the most important, how many people, like you said, get it, you know, I think, um, Sometimes when we're creating, we're thinking too much about what other people want to hear, what they want to see, if they're going to like it, if they're not going to like it. And very often I try to steer away from that and just kind of, you know, write what you have to write. As I'm sure other creatives do, you know, you kind of just block everything out and just do your own work, which you, so to see that come to light and then um, people authentically just kind of relate to it is, yeah, it's, Man, I think I, I think I cried enough. I think I think once all the messages first started flooding in, I think it was like way too overwhelming. So I think I'm in now, but um, yeah, it's still I still don't even think I have the words to explain how that, that feels because we all it's not it's not like unique. It's not new. It's not like I'm the only person in the world who's feeling these things, and people are like, oh wow, like you're a walking movie. That's cool. It's like, no, <laughs> we're literally the same person. We are the same persons in different experiences. And then it just, and then that opens you up into like, you know, what is life? What is the, you know, what, what are the, you know, the purpose is somebody in Greece right now going through the exact same thing. There's someone here, there's someone there and, you know, and, and it's not the struggle Olympics as, as people like to call it. It's just, um, it's just shared shared experiences. So I'm just really grateful. At, at the time, I don't think I was grateful for any of the experiences that that uh, that kind of sparked the fire to my pieces. But yeah, yeah, I think I think it would be overwhelming, and I think it would be it's scary and overwhelming and amazing all at the same time because then it's like, oh, now all these people are looking at me and, and I'm their source of, like, expression and now that's a lot of pressure as well. And, <laughs> like, as as we're talking, I can see the look where you're like, oh, yeah, I go through that a lot of, like, yeah, it's a lot of pressure now because a lot of people don't have the the ability to, to share what I'm sharing and even though they feel the same way. So, um, yeah, I'm... As much as it is tough getting the dreams and, and, and the things that you want, like, it is a good thing. And, and yeah, it, it is very much a good thing. I think the the hard part is not letting the pressure change you and change your art because you what made your art so good is no pressure. And, like, I know, and you will 100%, everyone does it. Everyone's like, 
hey, can you make that piece or, or do that art that I'd liked a lot, you know, a year ago or six months ago? Can you do that again? And it's like, well, if I could, it wouldn't be authentic because I'm not feeling that way anymore. So uh, I think that's the the other side of the coin is once you feel the adoration, it's like a different emotional pathway. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I, I think I'm still processing and, and especially like on how I'm going to move forward. Um, but I think it's really important what you said about just like the whole, like the, just kind of like the calmness of it all. So it's just like, even, even with all of this, I know, I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever seen it firsthand. I've seen it firsthand where maybe you're following somebody on social media and then they have that blow up overnight sensation kind of thing. And then they're now they're constantly putting out content. And at some point you don't hear about them that more, or you don't like, it kind of, they're still making content, but it kind of, it kind of like fades, like the name kind of fades. And, um, I kind of watched that happen with so many creatives and, and that's been like a concern of just like, you know, that's why that all that whole authenticity and just like moving at your own pace and taking your breaks and taking your rest are so important because you can't allow that to, you, you can't allow that to turn you into a system that you're not, you know, and now you're, now your, your stuff is inauthentic or it's not, you're not feeling it or, you know, you're, it's, it's just not in alignment with who you are or what you intended to set out to do. And it's just, um, so what's been really just a huge reminder every day. It's just like, all right, like, you know, I didn't, this didn't come in by like a marketing strategy or because I did this and this and that it, it had, it just, fortunately I was in a position to like know the right people and like, you know, the right platform. It actually has a lot more to do with other people. And I think what they did as opposed to anything, you know, I've, I've done the work, obviously I've, I've done the footwork, but, um, it's a lot of just like, just like letting shit fucking happen. Yeah. Get out of your own way sometimes. But yeah. I think, I think you just showed right time, right place. Expression was the thing that was needed at the time. So yeah, yeah, I think it all culminated. It was like it all happened the way it was supposed to happen. And, you know, and, and like you said, in, in the weirdest way, all the experiences you went through needed to happen so that you can go through those right now. But I only have one more question for you, and I feel like I've asked you a lot of yeah. questions. Talk. No, it's okay. I'm sorry my space is starting to get a little dark and my, only, my light only gets so bright. So I guess that's okay. That's great timing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm definitely aware. I feel like we could talk for, for, for hours and hours and hours. And I think there is only a limited audience that could do a 10-hour podcast. Um, so might be might be a good excuse to have you on uh, again later down the track and, and revisit where we're at. But my last question probably has nothing to do with anything we talked about. But if you had okay. to recommend one album, one album of music that, everybody should listen to at least once just to appreciate, just to get an appreciation of something that you think is underappreciated, what would it be? Oh, wow. Okay. Entire album that I think is underappreciated. 
Isn't it funny? Out of all the wow, questions that's... I've asked you today, that's the hardest one. Yeah, isn't it? Because I'm like, wow, this isn't something I, you know, I even, okay, let's go, Sierra. Let's think about something. Okay. I don't think any of Lil' Kim's albums are underappreciated. So, I'm okay, something new. I haven't, okay. I have something in my head, and I'm only going to say this because I've been putting a lot of, oh, it's, did you say hip-hop? Did it have to be a hip-hop no, album? any genre, any genre. Okay, it, and it could be from any time, right? Any time. Okay. Oh, this is going to be, people are not going to like this answer. They're oh. not going to like it. Because it's just not, would it be considered an album? I would, I would think so. A soundtrack album? Well, you would think so. I'll, okay. I'll, have I'll you take ever, it. Have you ever seen a musical Rent? No. Wow. Okay. So Rent is a musical. Um, it's based in New York City during the AIDS pandemic. Um, and it, it has amazing actors and actresses in it. And some I'm sure you may or may not be familiar. I'm not sure. How how much you like our our movies? <laughs> I love um, I love to be honest. Australia is like a mini version of the US. So everything that you have, we have like an an uh, we're like we're like your your cousin in the sense that all the things and the trends that you have eventually mm-hmm. flow down to us as well. So we get a lot of the it. most of our content is American content. Hence why this Aussie guy has a hip hop podcast where he mostly interviews Americans. So, um, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a musical and I'm not, I'm not too big on musicals unless they're like, like child, like movie musicals, but there's something so brilliant about the setup, this, this, like the music, the, the, I'm very big on lyrics. Um, and I'm very big on things that don't sound mainstream or sound. So like, if I can give you a really quick example, my friends don't like this either. And I remember another celebrity just caught heat for saying this in an interview, but when I was younger, Eminem, people were like Eminem were so cool to me because there was something it's, it wasn't, it was about like the cadence, you know, like when you hear something that you don't hear before, um, like you haven't heard before, I don't know, whatever. Sorry for the tangent. <laughs> I go for These, it. each, each song, I'm just like, sometimes I like listen to the song and like you expect this one word to go here or you expect this one beat to go here and it just doesn't happen that way. And you're just like, wow, that made my skin crawl, but that was kind of cool. Like, and it, and that's, those are the kind of sparks that I enjoy because those are the kind of reminders that like, there's so much life outside the box. Like that's where life is outside of the fucking box. So, um, and I just, I just think it's a, it's a great movie. It's diverse. It's, it's inclusive. It's, um, well, it's a movie, but it's also, we're not talking about movie. We're talking about just the music, music itself. I think, and it just takes you on a ride. I I think I'm a, I, I like to think of myself as like, an adventure kind of fantasy kind of kind of person. So I think I could listen to that all day and literally go on an adventure on a journey. But you have to you have to be that kind of person. Like you can't be like a like a hard man's man and be like, okay, like I'm gonna go listen to this rent. Like you're not gonna enjoy it at all. Um but if if you have some sort of like a little open mind in there, I would check out a couple of songs or two or maybe the movie itself. But I think I think that's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. 
I love that. I love the answers that I don't expect. Because I get hip-hop answers and then I get some albums I've never heard before as well um, from hip-hop artists mm-hmm. who are just like, hey, there's this really niche album that people haven't heard and you never know. It may be the hard man's man <laughs> who needs to hear Rant to to open something up in themselves. So you never know who might listen. Um, but I love that answer. As I said, I, I love just anything that, that inspires the people that inspire others is is really interesting to me and and it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show you've been very open and very honest something that you obviously aspire to do in not only you know in our discussion but also your creativity i think that again that that's what comes through and for anyone who wants to see more of sierra's work check her out check her uh would, would you prefer people to go to your website it's uh cchantel.com ci um and then your dot com and her art is there so there's some there's obviously tiktok videos there's youtube videos her ig as well um but yeah i'm excited to see you continue finding yourself in your art and your expression i'm also excited to see what else happens in your career it seems like you know you're on that the right path and and as much as you there are doubts you have a lot of self-belief and I think that's what really does come through is you're your trusting yourself as much as it may not feel like it. Um, but, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure and, and I always appreciate it. And is there anything else you wanted to plug, anything else you wanted to shout out before we wrap up? Uh, no, just, you know, thank you again. Thank you for having me here. I will be in Australia and I think two years, actually, I'll be out in Australia <laughs> So, um, but yeah, no, just check out the website, check out the work. I do have some new things coming up soon. I have some live performances also coming up in the next month or two. And um, yeah, I also just have some new additions that I just will be adding on to my website this weekend and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> and while you're subscribing to stuff, feel free to subscribe to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I mean, you're already here. If you listen to this long, this long you're probably one of the describe, subscribers anyway. But, yeah, as I said, it's been awesome. Yes, this has been great. Thank you so much, dude. I really appreciate this. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news also don't forget to check out my patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show bye for now